Hi everyone, this is One Narrow Gates Podcast Part 5 on Spiritual Warfare. Spiritual Warfare. What is spiritual warfare? Well, when we have enemies in the physical realm, they attack us with physical means. Whatever, you know what that all looks like, don't have to explain that. But there are things that we cannot see, there are spiritual things that we that exist around us, that seek to destroy us. So we humans are part spiritual, we are part physical. We are affected by both, and both affect each other. And now the reality is, and the truth is, that the most powerful spiritual being is God, the one God who created everything. And also he has angels, which are spiritual beings to help people because God loves people and he wants to help us. And there are angels that have rebelled against God that want to destroy mankind. And also there are unclean spirits, otherwise known as demons, that want to destroy mankind too. That is the entire spiritual realm or spiritual dimension in a nutshell. And kind of a um, recap of this whole series so far in terms of what you need to know for an intro about spiritual reality and spiritual warfare. There are two different beings, rebellious angels and demons that seek to destroy mankind. And we, most for the most part, cannot see them. So how do we deal with it in the spiritual realm? Well, in previous parts, we learned that you can cast out a demon. You are also helpless if you are not saved by Jesus and Jesus has not forgiven you of your sins. And also, as well as once you're forgiven of your sins by Jesus, you will have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. The Holy Spirit is a part of God, the Spirit of God that he puts inside of you. When you have the Spirit of God inside of you, no other spirit can become can come inside of you. You have your own spirit, and you have either the Holy Spirit or an unclean spirit in you, basically, in a nutshell. And so... There are demons. These unclean spirits are demons. If you do not have the Holy Spirit of God in you, you most likely, very most likely, have a demonic spirit in you, and they do not want your benefit. They do not seek your benefit. They are trying to destroy you. Today, that that is a really brief recap in a nutshell. If you want to learn more about all the things I just mentioned, go back to the beginning first four parts of this series. You'll see it as SW, Spiritual Warfare, SW, Part 1, two, three, and four, all about to uh, really dive into the rest of what I just spoke about. But if you want to learn about today's topic, if you want to continue with this topic, then which is all about praying and fasting and different types of demons, a brief mention of that, then keep listening and tune in. So today we're going to talk about praying and fasting. Praying and fasting. What does that mean? Praying is talking to God, communicating with God with a, in a righteous lifestyle, a lifestyle that does no wrong and seeks to do right. And fasting is basically depriving oneself from eating, whether it's all food and water or just certain things that you need, basic elements that you need. When I fast, I don't eat food for basically around 30 hours, um, but I do, I do drink water. Because I personally live in the desert, so I need to drink water. So, but fasting is depriving yourself or not eating or not drinking for a certain amount of time for the sake of relying upon God to sustain you. So, today I'm going to talk about what we learn from the Bible in regards to praying and fasting and how that deals with spiritual warfare. And then, and then I'm going to tell you a personal story in which this power, powerfully played out. So first, I'm going to go to a part of the Bible called, it's at Mark chapter 9. Jesus is approached by a man who has a hard time believing that Jesus can help him. 
And this man has a boy who is possessed by a demon. This boy has an unclean spirit, a demonic spirit inside of him, and it tries to destroy the boy in different ways. And the man comes to Jesus because he knows from hearsay and reputation that only Jesus can help. So, let's go into the story. So, when Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering around, there was a big scene happening, he rebuked the demon, saying to it, You deaf and mute demon. Uh, a demon that causes deafness and muteness. Jesus says, I command you, come out of him and do not enter the boy again. After crying out and throwing the boy into terrible convulsions, it came out. And the boy became so much like a corpse that most of the people watching said, he is dead. But Jesus took the boy by the hand and raised him up, and he got up. When he came into the house, his disciples began questioning him privately, and they asked, why could we not cast out the demon? Why could we not make it come out? And Jesus said to them, This kind cannot come out by anything but prayer and fasting. All right, so what do we learn from that story? We learn that obviously demons seek to harm us. We learn that the only person that can, that can help us with a demon problem is Jesus. And we also learn that there are different kinds of demons. There are some that are more difficult or more stubborn or more deceitful in some way, shape, or form than others. That's really all we can get from this, and it is true. And then also Jesus says there are a solution to this. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. So why, why is devoting oneself to pray, talking to God and connecting with God and depriving oneself of food so important? The, I, I can sum up the reason why it's important in two statements. First of all, in spiritual warfare, the battle belongs to God. That's the first and foremost principle. The battle belongs to God. The second principle in regards to praying and fasting is if we're trying to attack the spiritual realm ourselves uh, with just our own power, strength, and mindset, we're really going to lose. We, have not, we really don't have much that we can offer. However, if we make ourselves less, we can make God do even more. So if we make ourselves less, God can do even more. Those of us who are forgiven by Jesus, we actually have a chance. We have God's spirit in us. So when we make our flesh weak, we must become less so that God can become more, so that God in us can become more. It, it, depriving the flesh pleases God in a different way because we're saying, God, we rely upon you and not upon ourselves. And God loves that kind of humility. God loves that kind of humbleness to say, God, only you can do this. I'm relying upon you to do this. That is the reason why prayer and fasting is so powerful. It's basically requesting and pleading with God, saying, God, I need you to do this because I can't. So I'm making myself less. Now, let me tell you a personal story. This is a, this is a uh, very personal, this is a, um, sorry. This is something that happened to me in which I did this. I've done this a few times. Um, actually, I did this recently. I did this um, two days ago. Um, but um, I'm going to tell you about two times I did this a fast, two fasts ago. Now that I'm done fumbling over an intro, let me get into it, <laughs> for goodness sake. So, it was in uh, June of, sorry, July of 2019. My wife and I had been working in a group homes, in group homes for kids. It's like an American orphanage. These kids come from really hard backgrounds. They don't have parents that can take care of them. And as a result, not only have they gone through the ringer of life physically, they've gone through the ringer of life through life spiritually. They've gone through a lot. There was one girl in the group home we were working at. She was, to have a lack of other praise to put it, she was the worst kid in the house. She was the worst kid in the house. And here, behaviorally, 
We loved every kid, but she was the one that acted out the most, and her acting out could really not be contained. She would smash the windows of, a co- of the, the house van with rocks. She would throw rocks at one boy every day until at some point in the day this one boy would bleed. She was always throwing rocks at him. She would, she would spew vulgar obscenities and gestures uh, at everybody throughout the day. She was a terror and she, she would just haunt people and be cruel. And she, was, she, was, she acted very disgustingly. My wife and I were very patient with her, and uh, and we loved her just the same as everyone else. And it was very difficult. Uh, one day, I felt the call from God to pray and fast. I have no idea. I have no idea why. had had no idea why. I just felt God's leading. And uh, it was a very grueling work environment, very exhausting and very long days. And I thought, I don't really want to do this because I feel like I need my food and my water in order to sustain myself through a 24-hour, 24-7 shift dealing with these crazy kids. And so I need to love on them as best as I can. So I need the strength. But God prompted me and I said, okay, I'm going to pray and fast. And um, I thought it was to seek direction in God and life in different ways or whatever, but it doesn't matter what it was for. I knew it was from God, and so I had to obey. So I spent, the next, I spent that next day praying and fasting. Throughout the day, I prayed as much as I could, as long as the schedule and my workload would allow it. And, um, but I definitely fasted. And God gave me supernatural strength and energy to get through the day. I, I just felt like I felt like as if I had three square meals and snacks in, uh, in addition. I just felt fine. And that's the power of God helping me to obey him, which is great. Um, but needless to say, at the end, especially the next morning, I was exhausted. But somewhere in the early morning, somewhere in the early morning, a, a friend of mine, a friend of my wife's and I, a man who he really purposed himself to help other people be free from demons in the spiritual realm. He, a Christian man, a Christian friend, um, about 40 miles away, woke up, 40 miles away, woke up and felt the need to come over to, um, to, to come to this group home to visit just in the, in the early hours of the morning. So during that time, while he was on his way, um, this little girl got up, this one, this little girl got up out of bed. She came out to say good morning, but she really didn't say anything because she looked like she had seen a ghost. Her eyes were wide open and she was quiet and basically silent. Not the same. She did not seem like the same girl at all that we had seen um, previously, who was just this sailor mouth, uh, crazy child of bad behaviors. She looked tame and meek and quiet. And her expression basically looked like she said, like as if she was telling the world, where have I been for the longest time? Like, where am I right now? She was different. She was different. And so, and then soon after she had woke up, my friend, uh, my wife's and my friend came over to, um, to, he just came over. He felt the need to come over. And when he came over, my wife and my friend, uh, he, uh, this man and her took this little girl to the backyard while I fed the rest of the kids breakfast. I wanted to give my wife and my friends some space in the backyard of this group home. And they basically, um, the, the man wanted to cast demons out of the girl. Uh, and my wife wanted to lead her to Jesus in prayer. The little girl wa- readily accepted Jesus easily. And, and, it, and then and then she was completely transformed. It, it was to the, uh, she was completely, she was a different person from then from that moment on, she had no more bad behaviors. She actually became the poster child 
of good behavior in that home from then on out. It was a night and day, black and white, uh, nothing to something transformation that, that I cannot explain other than Jesus had saved her. Now, what happened? What, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Because I prayed and fasted, what it did was in the spiritual realm, it probably removed some demonic spirits from her, which is the only explanation for her vulgar behavior, vulgar and uncontrollably bad behavior. She was possessed by demons and maybe by very strong demons. Like Jesus says in that passage, he says, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer and fasting. So basically what happened, what needed to happen for this girl was someone needed to fast and pray to help save her soul. And then with, if there was any residual demonic activity, my friend who came over, who was woken up as a result of the spiritual connection to the fasting and praying that I did from 40 miles away, he came over to try to help with that. And then my wife with the presence of God in her and gentleness and salvation in her lips led this little girl to the Lord. It was a tag team effort, but the foundation of that effort needed prayer and fasting in order for this little girl to be rescued from hell, to be rescued from the hell that was present in her, to be freed and to turn to Jesus for salvation. And she was saved. I will say this, uh, about, this is about two and a half years later from when that happened. And I am sad to report that uh, my friend who helped with this has, is passed. He's dead. He's, he's with the Lord now. I guarantee you that he loved Jesus with all his heart. And he was, he was a, a man that sought Jesus and sought to obey him. He has passed and gone on with the Lord. But I will tell you this one thing, two and a half years later, I know that one of the last great things this man did with his life was help turn this man, help turn this little girl to Jesus. And, and he was part of the tag team effort of a prayer and fasting that led this little girl to Jesus. And my wife helped kind of seal the deal with, with love and gentleness. And so, but without praying and fasting, this kind could not have come out. So listen, if you have loved ones or if, or, or someone really close to you or someone, you know, at least that you are allowed to do this for, and you feel like there's something wrong with them. Their behavior's off. They seem trapped. They seem like there's something else controlling them. They seem off, impossibly off. Then there's a very good chance they need help spiritually. And before you go casting things out, if it's if you already have tried that, if they're willing to try something like that, first of all, you need to preach to them the gospel. And if something doesn't seem to be clicking, you might need to let God become more and yourself become less. You might need to fast and pray, turn to God for help and make yourself weaker so that God can become strong and watch a life be transformed. Watch a life be transformed for eternity. It is a wonderful thing to be a part of. It can be exhausting, but it is worth it. So I hope that explains if anyone's ever had questions about this passage or if anyone wants supernatural help, praying and fasting is kind of like an EMP pulse that knocks out power from the spiritual realm. It, and I mean, from experience, it can be a, a radius that goes about 40 miles or so. Uh, and really, but it, there's really no limit to the power because you're basically making yourself weak so that God become, can become strong. You're basically making your, your sinful flesh less so that the righteousness of God can shine forth and, and win in the spiritual realm. It is an amazing experience. I recommend doing it. And that explains this passage. And that explains one more incredible weapon of how to in, in kind of activate God's power in the spiritual realm for spiritual warfare.